Okay. Sometimes, you know, it's just sometimes pointless. you feel like a nut. Sometimes Most of the time, I feel like I do a prefer nut. almond joy over mountains, just for the record. Yeah. Not enough nuts, though. What a sham of a candy bar, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm mad. I started it, the it, so now we're all ranty here about this. What a sham of a shandy bar is what they should call it. Shandy bar. Oh, you get two nuts in a full-size bar. Yeah. Or no, wait, four nuts. Because it comes in two pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I have I more nuts it. than that in my family. But... I want it. I want the nuts to be chopped up and interspersed throughout the coconut. I don't okay. want to chomp down on two whole almonds. See, Thank you. I, I think, am too. I think it would be better if the nuts were chopped up. They were peanuts. You don't like and they, they were, And there was no coconut in it. And it had nougat. You're describing a Snickers. <laughs> yeah, and, I wonder. And, and caramel. You say caramel or caramel? It depends on my mood. Oh, you know so. what the worst candy bar is? Milky Way. Really? Not a Milky Way person. Can't, it's one texture. Can't ride with that. No, Three Musketeers is the worst. That's one texture. I was to say, I do like the Three Musketeers. There's no texture. You're eating fluff. If you want texture, you get to take five. Take five is superior. But it's not a candy bar. It's a cookie. False. It's superior. <laughs> it's a pretzel. It's pretzel and peanut butter and caramel yeah. and chocolate. And what is the fifth one that I'm missing? Was I have nougat? I don't know. I was trying to think of that the other yeah, day. Yeah, it's got to be nougat, reason, chocolate, so. pretzel. Caramel. It was delightful. I When those came out, I was insane for those. Those are And then I kind of burned delicious. myself out on them. You know what my favorite candy bar is? The, when the Hershey um, Golden one came out, that was crazy. Heidi for was big on those because yeah. she got me into and it. And then I got tired of them and I don't they think don't I've had one since. I don't so. think they have them anymore, do they? I, they have them in like the fun size, oh. you know, like bags and stuff. Guess what my favorite candy is? You never, you'll never guess. Uh, coffee? That's not a candy. <laughs> you didn't even try. I've seen the way you drink your coffee. It's pretty much candy. So. You didn't even try. Give up, throw one guess out there. Not Milky Way. No. I'll give you a hint. It's it's fit. It's appropriate for this time of year, but I like it all year round. What isn't appropriate well, for this time of year? Some might call it seasonal, but it's not. <laughs> what is it? This is a pointless I'm conversation. Right? I should have waited. <laughs> York peppermint patties. Oh, that's yeah. That... But I prefer the small size to the big size because the uh, little mint to chocolate ratio is better. And that. they're poppable. Yes. So aren't you glad Emma, you joined Emma us? Emma prefers Reese's peanut butter eggs to Reese's peanut butter cups because the for texture, the same reason. The texture yes. and the ratio. Yeah, yes. I, you know, very often I feel that uh, when you go to a king size bar, it kind of throws things it off. It does. Payday is the opposite. It's better in the king size. Top, than if you eat a king size payday, doesn't your jaw hurt by the end of it? That seems like extreme like jaw fatigue. That, it's just straight up peanuts. You, you might just not be committed to the work. Oh, man. So I I feel like that's my exercise to <laughs> burn off the calories for it. You wake so. up the next morning, man, my jaw. <laughs> that payday. Gain. <laughs> Aren't you you see my jaw, man. <laughs> That's a thing now. Have you seen that? Uh, these guys on TikTok, they're these little jaw exercises. They're biting and their jaws get huge. I'm like, why do you want to look like that? You look like a cartoon. Anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Ironically, we are talking about pointless, pointless pursuits. pursuits. There it was fitting. We got there. Yeah. We got there. That was just so natural. Listen, uh, we are. I was ill. We are the just, home just, of professional podcasts. I drink a lot of And now well. everyone else is ill from hearing our conversation. So it's, yeah. you know. I'm just going to get you a bunch of paydays for Christmas. So I would not be the sad. New, in the new year, look for Rich's jaw to just be. Uh, I would not be sad. <laughs> My problem is 
I don't know if I've met a candy bar I didn't like. So you don't like the Musketeers. Yeah, that might be a pretty uh, bougie problem to have. I like the mil- the mint ones. If you had the mint ones, this might be the, the you know the basic white girl friends. problems, right? So. I don't like the Musketeers. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. that is a point. Emma pursuit. is a big fan of dark chocolate, and so you know she'll she'll mash the Hershey Special Dark and all that. I used to eat those, you know, when everything else was gone, or yeah. when my brother and sister didn't want them. Then you know I'd eat whatever's left over. That's the same reason I ate Mounds and Almond Joy. I'm not. Are there kids who like Mounds and Almond Joy? I I do my not. son does not. I do now, but I don't know if I've ever met a kid who does. But I like but, coconut but a lot. They always gave them out for Halloween every year, and I'd end up eating because I was kind of the human garbage can. Because so it was I'd, there. I'd eat, that's exactly right. And this is why I am who I am. And uh, yeah, so whatever the rest didn't want, that's what I was eating. Plus whatever I could get my hands Waste on. Waste not so, want. Yeah. It's, a, it's the day before Thanksgiving. We're talking about food. It's got to be somewhat appropriate, right? Yeah. It's, you know. Not a lot of candy consumed on Thanksgiving. My grandparents not, but... lived through the depression and, you, you know, passed now we're those living values on to my mom. So. You didn't waste food. And, and now here we are again. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a thing. Butter is $5. You know, it's funny because, you know, it, and not to pretend like our economy is great. And again, this is not a political podcast. I'm just saying. Except for when it is. For just as a matter of Thanksgiving, we don't know what a bad economy Truth. is. Truth. You know, 2008, 2009, people jumping out of windows because of, of the crash. I get it. It's hard. I'm not in any way trying to make light of any of these downturns or the very real suffering that people go through. But in the 30s, when your kids are going to school without shoes and you're not able to raise your kids, so you ship them off to relatives who can actually feed them, and that was a fairly common thing across the country. That's not the same as we're complaining about gas prices while we continue to drive our SUVs. Right. So, you know, I, I'm sad that I can only get my kid one video game to go along with the other eight presents that they got this year. You know, the, these types of things that we just don't understand. So when people talk about privilege and first world problems and all these kinds of things, I do tend to get annoyed because there's so much hypocrisy in that mm-hmm. the people that are are claiming to to be above that stuff are right in the heart of it and usually the in the most of it. But the rest of the world wishes they could do poverty like we do. Right. You know, that obviously I'm including, you know, Canada, Western Europe and in the same kind of thing. But, Canada wishes. You know, but <laughs> But when you're talking about, you know, the things that folks are going through in developing countries and, you know, in the subcontinent, uh, you know, as you're dealing with different things, it, we're not talking about the same problem. Well, you look at, you know, this is, this is the time of year where our church and many other churches and individuals do the uh, Operation Christmas Christmas Child shoeboxes. Yeah. And you see, you know, the videos and, and George <clears throat> and I did ours online this year. And so there's even more videos on there. And then it tells you more about where they're going and why they do this mm. and you just think these kids are thrilled to get a soccer yeah. ball, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really, it, that things like that are eye opening. So. Yeah. It, it really is a, a tough thing, you know, and even, I don't know, just the, the nature of how we do things. We just have evolved things like Christmas mm-hmm. or birthdays or whatever, where everything has to be an event, you know? Right. And, and, you know, how many, it, I guess it was probably in the nineties. I don't remember the difference between eighties, nineties, 
the aughts and today, but uh, there are some differences. It, it just all blends together. You get to a certain age, you stop caring. <clears throat> so, Is boy, it, do I sound like the crotchety old man today? Yeah, back in the depression. <laughs> get off my lawn. Uh, in the thirties, things were much but, more. But you know, as you watch how things developed, you know, back then they were doing the um, the Sweet Sixteen TV show. Was that on MTV? I think, oh yeah, I remember you know, that. And Ooh. it's you know spoiled, rotten, rich kids. Yeah. You know, and this huge party. Well. We're doing that for five-year-olds now. You know, we're doing so people spend, and this I was just true. I mixed that up in my head with sixteen and pregnant. Those were not the same shows. <laughs> no, but they but probably, there were a lot of they probably ended up becoming yes. the now same. Now I remember show what you were talking about. All these types yes, of things. My super sweet sixteen is what. That's you're what it was. Yeah. yeah, and they, you know, they've done those things with the, you know, destination wedding shows. Right. All these different things. I'm just, I'm so over weddings at this point, and, and you know, I say this as <laughs> you a really pastor. do sound like I mean, weddings. I, the, the more weddings I do. The more annoyed I am with oh, how, how people do weddings, you know. And I think it was 2001 was the, uh, the last time I saw. It. it might be a little later than that, but you're talking about a, a, a while ago now. The average, the average wedding oh, in like America was twenty-two thousand dollars and five months of planning, and zero dollars or time spent on premarital counseling. Right. So we don't do anything to get ready for the marriage, but we do all kinds of great things party. to have a big party and. What what you can see, and I don't have anything to back this up. I, I believe there. <laughs> Trust me. I believe there is, but I, I think it's pretty observable. Just just watch the patterns. The more they get spent on the wedding, the shorter the duration of the marriage. Ooh, I would like to know you some know, data. I, on that. And I think there is. I can't quote it, um, but just in observation, I, I mean, I mean, I did the first wedding I ever did outside of our, our family, outside of relatives. Uh, they lasted 30 days. They had already lived together for four years and had two kids together. And they lasted for like 30 it's days. Like that 90 day fiance. And, and so that changed my perspective on what else do, would you like to complain to about? <laughs> so many things. But, you know, the thing of, of the complaining is, you know, I can't complain and be thankful at the same time. True. I can't be anxious and be thankful at the same time. True. The, the whole concept of gratitude and thankfulness uh, and, and Paul contrasts this, Romans 1, he contrasts this, Philippians 4, he contrasts this, that sin and thankfulness, thanksgiving, they they don't go together. Mm. So if I'm when I'm doing my thing instead of God's thing, there is at the root there a lack of gratitude for what God has promised, for what God is providing, and so on. And we see that in our lives. We see that every day. You know, we're, we're going to have families across the nation and across our you know, community here who tomorrow on Thanksgiving day, when everybody's, you know, watching Hallmark things and being, you know, everybody's doing their, their Instagram posts of the cute placemats and all that kind of stuff. And you're going to have fights and, mm -hmm. you know, broken relationships all across the globe and, well, or and across the nation. And, and it's because we are celebrating Thanksgiving without actually being thankful. We talk about what we're be, about, what we're thankful for, but we're not actually thankful to anyone right. or deeply thankful for the things we say we're thankful for. We come up with something because we have to say something, you know, let's right. go around the table. And, right. right. Yeah. And, and I'm not opposed to any of those things. I'm just saying we've got to be a little bit deeper. We have to have a little bit more than just, we say the words and we go around whatever that your tradition is. Uh, you know, I went to my uh, grandson's um, preschool uh, grandparents day uh, yesterday, Shelly and I did. And it was, it was neat. It was fun. It was cool. But they're talking about thankfulness. 
but they didn't really explain thankfulness because mm -hmm. how do you explain thankfulness if you can't talk about God? Mm -hmm. If you can't talk about the giver and expressing appreciation to the one who gave you what you do not deserve and did not have on your own. If you can't express that, how do you, how do you express the concept of thankfulness? So they said things that make you happy, you know, things that you're thankful for, that's things that make you happy. Well, there's a pretty significant difference right. in the connotation between happiness and thankfulness that the idea of gratitude and, and we miss that. And, and so, a lot of things that might make you happy in the moment aren't necessarily great for you. hundred percent. hundred percent. And again, things that make me happy, when I feel like you owe it to me, right. I'm not thankful to you. Right. I'm not. I'm not grateful for that. And and we see that increasing more and more as we create a society where everybody is carried, right. and and there can be no losers. You know, we have to make sure that everything is distributed equally, and so on and so forth. Well, when we do that, we are fighting against reality. And when everybody's special, nobody will be. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. And you know, there's, there's, I know there's data on this, but I don't have it on me. Ha studies have shown that having the sort of attitude of gratitude actually boosts your mental health, but yes. you really have to have it. You yeah. can't just say, I'm thankful for this, but going through life with a, this sounds corny, with a thankful heart really does combat those feelings of anxiety and depression and whatever Yeah, else. It, it sounds corny because we've been trained to think it sounds corny. Anything that is wholesome and good, we've, we have been trained to think, oh, that that's corny. Um, and so I guess it is, but there's a line, I like corn. There's a Kate Winslet line in the Where's movie, The, the Holiday. Have you ever so, seen The Holiday? Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, no. Jude Law. Remember the commercials did not see Well, there's a line in there that this this old guy's talking to Kate Winslet and he goes, that's probably corny. And she goes, I like corny. I'm looking for corny in my life. And I'm yeah. like, that's my favorite line. <laughs> right. I'm that's... looking for corny in my life. Yeah, we work really hard to be you know, edgy and not corny and nuanced and complicated and all that kind of stuff. And that's dumb. It's just dumb. So ranting. <laughs> As Avril Lavigne said, why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? Yes. I like the spelling on that too. So anyway. With the aid? Yeah. <laughs> now that was Skater Boy. Didn't she do it on the whole album? <laughs> every every I, letter that could be a number. Yeah, I, I thought she did that on all the titles on that album, didn't she? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. But I'm going to go it's, look and laugh. It's long enough. I know ago. it's Skater Boy with an A and B-O-I. Yeah. It's long <laughs> enough ago that, you know. We're all over the place, aren't we today? Wow. Nobody listening to this podcast knows who Avril Lavigne is. Comment if you know who Avril Lavigne is. I think your mom's the only one watching, so I'm pretty sure she doesn't know who Avril Lavigne is. I, I, could, I could bet money. I won't bet money because that would set a bad example. However... <laughs> bet a dinner roll. Zero chance that my sister knows who Avril Lavigne is. I would be willing to bet on that as well. Yeah. And, of course, my mom doesn't and wouldn't want to. But Yeah, you're not really missing that much. Yeah. Eh, it's whatever. So, as we are... <laughs> She's high. <laughs> As we are looking at uh, this whole idea. Now that we have five minutes left. <laughs> this whole idea of Thanksgiving, you know, I was kind of wrestling before you got in here today with, you know, do we do we follow the, you know, our pattern and, and look at the sermon specifically, mm -hmm. or do we look at um, at Thanksgiving and spend some time doing that? You should that. have told me that before and, we started. And I think, well, you <laughs> were, we're, gonna you, talk you about. were too busy getting annoyed with Sorry. your phone timing out. So. Oh, it was. Anyhow, By the way, we're going to talk about this. JK, JK. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we really didn't get a chance to talk or prepare with you being we sick and all that. It's been, a, it. it's been a week. So no it's, different it's than any other week. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of like that. So, uh, anyhow, as we're, um, talking about just thankfulness and Thanksgiving and the, the difference between, 
uh, a thankful heart and a, a sinful, um, selfish heart. We, we can all see that, right? Mm -hmm. We can all recognize. When we're talking about selfishness. That's easy. When we're talking about pride, maybe that's a little harder for us to see. When we're talking about anxiety. That's really particularly difficult for us to see. We, we think we're doing both, but the reality is one of these things is going to dominate our emotions and our thought processes. And if Thanksgiving dominates my thought processes, Lord, I'm just so thankful that you've given me breath. Everything that I have is more than I deserve. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to you for your grace. And I see everything as grace. Then there's nothing left when, when that total surrender that comes with, with true thankfulness leaves nothing left for me to be bothered by. Right. I'm, you know, I'm less irritable. I can't really be annoyed with you if I'm thankful to God that you exist. I'm thankful to God that we get to have this relationship, you know, and you know, I'm thankful to God for his grace toward me because I know how difficult I can be in my own selfishness and sin. And God has extended grace to me. If I'm thinking that, and that's my dominant thought, I can't then uh, turn around and not treat you that way to, right. to get irritated with you, even when you're wrong. Uh, and I, and I refuse to forgive and to let that go. Then I'm not really thankful for God's forgiveness, which is exactly what Jesus says at the end of our Lord's prayer, when, when he says, you know, if, if, if you don't forgive, then your father's not going to forgive you. Right. That that's kind of a crucial thing. Well, why, why does it, is that like, is that different from every other aspect of faith where that is actually earned by our works by forgiving people? No, it's because if we don't forgive others, then we're not receiving. We're not, we're not thankful. We're not actually focused on the grace that he's giving. So, of course he's not. It doesn't fit. And that that whole concept, you know, when we're looking at, at this um, this idea from Numbers 14, as we wrap up this chapter and get ready to head into Advent, uh, is really, um, it, it, it's, it's typical of what we see from the Israelites uh, in, in this story. And, and throughout, I mean, it's it's the case for all of us because, you know, when we look at the history of Israel and what they're doing and, and their walk with the Lord, it's a mirror for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, the scriptures are, are looking at us, judging mm -hmm. us rather than the other way around. So when we, um, when we look at, at what's going on here at the end of Numbers 14, what we see is uh, having... Uh, having the spies gone in, scout out the land, come back, 10 of them give a bad report, two of them give a good report. The 10 are like, you know, we got to turn back. We got to, you know, let's, let's get a new leader. Let's go back to, to Egypt and we'll redo this whole thing. And then, um, you know, Joshua and Caleb are like, Hey, don't rebel against the Lord. Whatever, whatever else you're going to do. Listen, this is a good deal. God's given us this great land. He's going to take care of it. We can't lose. Right. And so they want to stone them. Nope, we can't have this good news and encouragement. We can't have this helpful warning. Um, and so now we get to the place where God's actually taking action. And at the end of uh, chapter 14, starting with verse uh, 36, um, the men Moses had sent to explore the land, and, and he kind of emphasizes here the influence that they have. The, the, the men Moses had sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. These men, responsible for spreading the bad report about the land, were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Uh, of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, survived. So there's this judgment against them for, for what they're doing. Uh, and, and really specifically here, 
pointing out it's the it's that they're influencers it's the this idea that they didn't just have their own sin but they encouraged others to go along with this and uh you know i, <laughs> I think this that is almost a, seems worse to me <laughs> like, like it's one thing to have your own sin well, and I think that's the message that, that right. the Lord's given us. And, and even in Romans 1, we see this same kind of a dynamic. We, you know, James 3, not many of you should presume to be teachers because mm. we know that those who teach are held to a higher standard. Uh, we see that throughout the requirements for elders and leaders in the church. Overseers have to have a, a particular character that should be what everybody has. But the reason that it's being pointed out specifically is because if you're in leadership, if you're influencing others and guiding and discipling, God holds you to a higher standard. You are responsible for that. And in the same way, uh, the head of the house is more responsible. Everybody's responsible for individual actions, but the head of the house is responsible for the spiritual condition of the home. Right. The husband is responsible for the wife and, and the parents are responsible for the children. And this is a, a pretty tough thing. We don't like that in our society. We like to run away from it and, and play the egalitarian foolishness that, that we do. But we, Candace Cameron. But you can't get away from the reality right. that God has built this in and requires it. So when we when we want to reshape family to fit our understanding, we have a real problem. And the problem goes all the way back to the same dynamic that we're seeing here, that those who who lead uh, are responsible for how they lead others. In fact, here we see in this particular thing that that uh, uh, those who lead others astray um, receive special judgment, uh, you know, as ever, that whole generation is going to die in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. But these men who influenced them the way they did died dramatically with, and that phrase before the Lord is that, that's uh, an indication of this judgment that they're, they're before the face of God. It's not just that it happened in God's presence because God's everywhere, but in his manifest presence before the Lord, this is a judgment against them. So there's a dramatic uh, specific judgment on them. And the people see it and they recognize, ooh, this is bad, right? So God struck them all down with the plague. Uh, got a lot of flu-like symptoms going around the area lately. So I think people can probably relate a little bit when, you're, when your entrails become I your extrails. And, pop. You know, these, these are, you know, these are bad things. So they recognize, and they're like, oh no, we've sinned. We don't, we don't want to be here. Uh, and while they recognize it, what they don't do is actually change their heart. Right. And, and so we see that recognition is not the same as repentance. And, and in much the same way, or in, at least in a similar way, to the idea of saying I'm thankful when we go around the table is not the same as having a heart full of gratitude to God. Mm -hmm. that, that's dramatically different. I can say a lot of things. Uh, like a little kid saying I'm sorry because mom said you have to say you're sorry, but I'm not actually sorry. Right. You know, that having that conversation a lot lately. Well, and and it's important for parents to do that. We have to build this framework it's, of character. It's more than words. Even when our kids don't don't, you know, feel it inside, we have to work them through that so that eventually they do know how to feel that we can do it. But in in the whole dynamic of what we're seeing here, the people are like, ooh, uh, I don't want God to be mad at me. So you know, we want good things from God. So let's say the right things. Let's right. do the right, you know, the right actions on the outside. And just as the prophet Isaiah said, or, or the Lord said through, through Isaiah, you know, these people, they, they worship me with their lips or they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And he said the same thing to Saul through Samuel. It's like, I don't, I don't need 
your sacrifice. What I need is your obedience. It's to, to obey is better than to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We see it through the, uh, the psalmist's uh, several different pictures of that. And David says that in Psalm 51. It's not that, it's not that you want uh, you know, the blood of bulls and goats. You're not looking for that. What you want is a contrite and broken heart. That's what matters. And the people recognize sin, but they're not repenting. They're not turning from their sin uh, as they're doing it. And we have that problem. And so what we end up seeing is they try to make up for their sin on their own. Uh, and, and we do that a million different ways from trying to, to do penance without, you know, I mentioned, you know, looking at the story that penance without presence is presumption. So the people are presuming upon God. They have this, this haughtiness that says, well, we're going to go up and, and do what we refused to do before. We disobeyed. Now God's passed judgment on us. And he said, here's what's going to happen. Go back now. No, we're not going to do that. So you just basically double down on your sin because now you're trying to have a righteousness of your own. You're Mm -hmm. trying to do it your way to pay penance for this. Uh, Well, you know, we blew it last time. So we're going to go ahead and do it. And Moses is like, dudes, my dudes, come on. What's wrong with you? This is not going to work. Why are you disobeying God? You think you're obeying, but you're obeying on your terms, which is by definition disobeying. So when I'm trying to do that in my own spiritual life today, Jesus said, believe, trust me, receive this gift, Jesus plus nothing. And I try to make it Jesus plus something, Jesus plus cleaning up my act, Jesus plus saying the right things or making people think the right things about me. Even like Jesus plus giving to the homeless. Right. Those aren't bad things. Right. Yeah. No, they're good things. hundred (laughs) percent. I was just talking to the overseers about this last night. We've got, you know, churches who are, you know, really, you know, gung ho about, you know, doing justice, you know, taking care of the poor and so on. Absolutely. We should be those who promote justice, acts of righteousness. But if we're doing that in our flesh, then our best efforts are still sin. It's it's filthy rags. If we are out of a heart of gratitude, sharing the love and grace that God has given to us, and that overflows in acts of kindness to others, now God is honored and people are blessed. But the acts in themselves mean nothing, right? If, if I have this, this desire in myself to pursue uh, righteousness so that I can somehow gain points with God uh, and make things right, then I've created an idol out of my own efforts. Hmm. And that, that idea is going um, to take us to hell. It's going to take us away from God, not toward God. And that's why we see over and over again in the scriptures from the Old Testament through Paul's uh, writings that the, uh, that the just will live by faith. The righteousness that's from God is a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. 100% only faith. It's by trusting Jesus so that he makes us different inside. And when he changes us inside, then our actions follow. If our actions don't follow, that's evidence that we haven't changed inside. But our changed actions, doing something on our own strength, cannot ever make us right with God. Keeping the law can't make us right with God. The, what the law does is point out how far we fall from, from his favor, how far we fall short of his standard, because of the fact that we break the law. So that's what law does. It punishes the transgressor. It does not give life to those who who keep it. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to do things on on their own because now they realize, well, we don't want God to strike us with a plague. We do kind of want the giant grapes and we want want this 
great land flowing with milk and honey. So we're going to go do it. Well, in Deuteronomy 1, Moses points out, uh, you thought it was going to be an easy thing. You were so scared that you were going to refuse God, and then you decide it's it's an easy thing for us to go in here and do it without God. And so the kind of the whole core of the of the message is that disaster is inevitable when we pursue God's blessings by our own efforts. And that's that's really what it comes down to is when we're whether it's us trying to have our own righteous merit uh, and earn God's uh, favor or whatever it is, our best efforts are worthless without the Lord. And disaster inevitably comes to us when we try to do it on our own. That's that's how it works. So the key to God's promises is always God's presence. So if we're going to claim all these, you know, inspirational verses that people like to claim, I just, you know, my daughter and I were talking about a song that I know is super popular. Somebody's probably going to be offended, but talking about, you know, I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus over all these things. What does that even mean? That's not a biblical concept. The name of Jesus is not a magical incantation like abracadabra. So you keep using that word. It, it, it has to be relationship. Right. Relationship is what matters, and it's God's presence that makes His promises applicable and meaningful for us today. So, with that in the relationship, that relationship has to be based on our gratitude toward Him. So we can go into Thanksgiving with that mindset and beyond. So uh, we will stop there. For today i'm sorry we spent so much time talking about candy but if you guys have any questions or comments i'm you almost sorry know what to do leave us an email or a voicemail at 269-756 rlcc or by using the anchor app or you can leave us a message on facebook or youtube i hope everybody has a happy thanksgiving and that you guys join us for our advent season either online or in person if you're in the area we're starting that this sunday so thanks for very listening. stoked we're gonna take a look at who jesus is cool bye